0: You, how about fire? fire. <laughs> putting, a, putting a torch to it, Terry? Yeah, you try using a blowtorch. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll give that a shot and let you know how it works out.
2: Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. All right. Hey, hello. Uh, Welcome to the RC Roundtable. Uh, Thank you for joining us this time. I'm Fitz Walker, and joining me is the uh, illustrious uh, Terry
1: Dunn. Ooh, I'm illustrious. Illustrious, yes. I feel so special.
2: And then we also have the illustrated Lee Ray.
1: Yes,
0: that's me. I'm so illustrative. Very two-dimensional. <laughs> Just black and white.
1: No, I picture you in color.
0: Techno color or no, like...
1: Drawn with crayons, but in color. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: it. Or he's in color converted from black and white like Ted Turner
1: does. There you go. Oh, okay. The new that's and improved.
0: A... I was going to say, that's how I feel right now. I feel like I've been colorized. <mess>. All
2: right, well, hopefully you feel vibrant, even more so, and more illustrious at the end of the show.
1: Hey, I'm illustrious. Oh, that's right. Illustrated. I'm illustrated. Yes. <laughs>
2: Can't get my euphemisms correct. All right, well, enough of uh, picking on my co-hosts here. Uh, how you guys been, how's, how's your week been? Uh, as far as uh, what's going on, you guys uh, been doing? Been flying much? I mean, we had a lot of rain here lately.
1: Oh, you too? It's been kind of a wet crummy spring here so far yeah so i haven't done much flying and a couple times that i have been the field was super swampy so you know i'm hoping for today is a, a drier day i'm hoping that trim continues and i can get out a little bit more
2: yeah same here for uh lee and i it's been pretty wet oh well, i flew i don't know about you <laughs> uh, no well our field you know you look
0: at it wrong and it's flooded so Hey, speaking of field and flooded. Let's let's just change gears for a second. And talk about the Thunderbird field in uh, Fort Worth. Oh,
1: yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. Is that the one right on the lake? Like the it, it is a lake. <laughs> yeah, it is a lake now. <laughs> it, it is it is completely underwater. Did the lake rise or something? Yeah. Yeah, that's man. how it works. Really? That
0: wow. Yeah. You so- haven't seen the photos? No. Uh, we'll post photos on our, our Facebook page. I'm, I might do that right now while it fills you in.
2: Yeah. it was. Uh, so the, the field is on a lake, but normally the lake is pretty far away. But my best guess, normally maybe about, i uh, say, 300 to 400 feet away is the shoreline. So it's pretty far away, and the, and the field is slightly on a bit of a hill crest, um, ever so slightly. So uh, it's very rare to have any type of flooding there. And... Uh, they had a fly-in, I think it was a warbird fly-in, last weekend on Saturday. And the water was really close. I had never seen it that high. Um, but they were able to fly. And then they had a picture from Sunday. And the water's over the runway. There was no way you can fly on and it. Was, it had to be insanely high. And I, I've never seen it that high. This is my old home club, by the way. I used to fly there. Although when they near on the other side of the lake. And they've had some flooding before, but I've never seen it up to the runway. And uh, I pinged uh, our our friend... Uh, Tom Blakeney said, hey, has it ever really been that high? And he he did say it has been that high like a couple of times in the past, but it it is pretty rare to see it that high. And so it's basically, I don't don't know if they had a part of it. There's a dam at the far end of the lake. I don't know if they had to let in a bunch of water or just that much rain that we've had. But it's, that had to be several feet or more high, maybe more than that. It was really high. It's Surprisingly high. It's unbelievable what the pictures we saw.
1: Well, hopefully it doesn't hurt the infrastructure too much. They'll recover quickly.
2: Yeah. um, Most of it is pretty durable, except they do have a storage container. So I don't know if that's raised up or if that was damaged. Uh, But Mm -hmm. most of the field facilities are really durable. They're all metal and concrete and stuff. So that should be fine. But uh, the storage container is in question. I didn't think to ask about that.
1: Yeah, I recently saw a Facebook post from a club in St. Louis, the Spirits of St. Louis, and I don't whatever body of water they're close to a river had uh, run over the banks, and they had some flooding as well. So yeah. I, I don't know if that's a, a lot for fields that are along the Mississippi and other tributaries, but yeah, didn't they get they're not hit, alone?
2: I think Mississippi or Missouri got hit pretty hard. So I think it's just you know generally wet uh, spring across the United States in general. Yeah.
1: I agree with the snow melt and all that.
2: Yeah. Because so hopefully it'll dry out. All right. Enough talk about water. Let's talk about airplanes. Let's see. Uh, a few bunch of new stuff came out. Some new, some old, something blue, something remade. And <laughs> in the remade column somewhat is Carbon Z Cub SS from eFlight slash Horizon Hobbies um ss super sport i i don't think the previous carbon cub was called ss was it super sexy super sexy yeah (laughs)
0: yeah
2: baby show me your wings all right so i understand this is not a new plane per se but a a whole bunch of tweaks to an older plane um mods if you would say and if you recall lee you have a carbon cub don't you
1: yeah, you have the old tire uh, Yeah, no. Yeah. The
0: way Fitz said it made me feel like, hey, it's only a couple of years old, man.
1: <laughs> it's not too bad. Like, like when you buy a new it. pair of shoes, suddenly the shoes you've been wearing just look old, grimy. And yeah, oh,
2: well, yeah, just so just throw away. I give you twenty bucks for it, Lee.
0: I I take good care of my CZ Cub. I've seen a couple other guys at our club who have them, and they're beat the heck and back. And I've you know I've dorked mine and lost a motor and an ESC, and I've repaired it, and it still looks brand new.
1: Yeah, but, but uh, it's blue, right? Blue, but the new know. one's red, so yeah, yeah. You can't compete with red, that.
2: Red's a <laughs> uh, color of good luck in some cultures. So I see they changed uh, the flaps are now mixable, so you can have flaperons in addition to the ailerons. Uh, looks like they changed the landing gear with shock absorption. Uh, I guess the tires are no longer bulletproof.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good yeah they're they're softer in fact that's the first thing well that's the second thing i thought about when i saw the the release uh i'm wondering if i could order those wheels and put them on my cz Cub. i'm assuming i can
1: so what's the difference
0: oh the, the cz Cub wheels are hard as a rock oh, really? they, I, in fact i think they are rock right Fitz? <laughs> so chair <laughs> but they're tundra
1: style wheels right
0: yeah yeah but they're like Tundra uh, Teflon or not Teflon what was a <laughs> titanium. There we go. They're made of tundra. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it is. They're hard as rocks, and uh, yeah, that's. I it makes no sense. And a lot of guys have replaced them with dubro inflatable wheels. All right, uh, but I haven't yet. I mean, I I I'm okay with it. I mean, because my field's grass, it's not it's not too much of a problem. I mean, it does land hard, and you hear it. But now that they've got these uh, spongier ones, I guess, I will look into buying a, a set. I think they're like 25 bucks.
2: Yeah, that's good. Um, now, speaking of some of your charge tribulations, they're, they're talking about that they've changed the motor design. And if I recall you had some issues with the motors on yours, too, didn't you?
0: Yeah, that's, that's, I don't want to say it's a negative. That's just one thing I, I kind of thought they, they'd upgrade. The original CZ Cub came with a 50L. And or 50 BL, excuse me, brushless, and a lot of guys were having issues with the first uh, version of those motors. So when they were when they were going out or magnets were being tossed, Horizon was replacing them with 60s. And I'm surprised they went back to the 50 on this one. And I, I went to a 60 different different brand on mine when, I, when mine went out, uh, and also upgraded mine to like a 90 amp ESC. I haven't had any issues with mine. I love I love flying mine, but I were will they, tell you the
1: were, were they overheating, and that's what was throwing the magnets? I'm,
0: you know, what it's possible, but I've seen some of my friends fly at full bore. It's kind of like Texas Warbird Thunder, you know. There's a, a throttle switch, a, <laughs> you know, and you just—it's either on or off. It's and on or land. So, and so, it probably so. And I think I've also heard rumors about the epoxy or the glue they use in the motors, yada yada. I mean, I, I thought it could have used a little bit more power, and I certainly like mine with the sixty size on it. So. Uh, you know, that's you gotta. I don't know, maybe maybe it's fun. Okay, obviously, the videos show it's doing fine. Yeah, well,
2: it looks like they tweaked the design, so maybe they, they maybe it wasn't as powerful as you would like because it was a defect in the design or some deficiencies in the design. So maybe they, yeah,
0: and yeah, and you know what, Terry, you, you did remind me because it kind of just brought back. I, I remember when I was first testing the CZ Cub, that motor was very hot. even hotter when you throw a magnet. (laughs) um, uh, But I I will say one thing I do like that they did, and there was some, I don't know if it was, I'm not going to say heated discussion, but there was comments in uh, RC groups for the thread on this thing about the new battery tray that they've uh, incorporated. And someone from Horizon Hobby who was responding in the comment section said that they were trying to work with Morgan uh, Mills with the battery tray solution. And so I, oh, I don't know if I'm not saying they stole it, but the new SS Cub has a Morgan type battery tray. Uh, so somebody feature. came
1: up with a hop up for the original version. And now there's something like it on the new version. Yes. But yeah. you don't and I, yeah,
0: okay. yeah, I don't know who's is whose. obviously it looks very similar. Um, and I think that you know, it's, it's the question is, like, is the tray a unique thing? Is it trademark or copyright or, you know, because they're not the same kind. And it's not exactly like the Morgan tray. By the way, if you have a CZ Cub and you don't have the Morgan tray, get one. It's worth every penny. I love, I love, love, love the battery tray on my CZ Cub. But the fact that they now have one on the SS Cub makes it even a nicer reason to buy this Cub.
1: Hmm. Well, I like to think they didn't rip it off. We'll see.
2: Agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there you go. Although, uh, maybe it's a manufacturing thing. How come they still can't put clear windows on these things?
1: <laughs> well, the, there'd be a whole lot of extra structure there, right? Because it's just foam around the wing saddle. Yeah. So, if you knock out 75% of that foam to add windows, what do you got left? You hey, what's those titanium
0: something. rods in there? You got clear yeah. windows. Well, you could punch some holes in, in the thing. For <laughs> yeah.
1: I hear you. I agree. It would look better, especially a plane this big. But you know, yeah, it is. What it is. Yeah, All right. I think structurally it's not practical.
2: Well, I understand that. Just, I don't know. Just going to gripe. All right. Okay. Done griping.
1: So I, there's got to be a longer list of changes, but maybe safe related and whatnot.
2: Well, I say I don't think the original had safe, did it? And it's got as no, it,
0: it had AS3X. So if you oh. bought the Bindaflight, flight, it had AS3. That was a long yeah. time ago, so it was before safe. So. really took off.
1: Yeah, this was the first uh, Carbon Z plane, wasn't it?
2: The first big one, I think, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. it was.
1: So it was the Pathfinder. Yeah. Right. So,
2: yeah. So now they're saying it has safe.
0: So, yeah, the gear is different. Uh, the motor is the same. <laughs> the, the battery hatch... Uh, I don't know if there's any other features. I looked at the manual, um, except for the landing gear. That's the only obvious change. In fact, I know a couple of people commented, and I don't think it's a big deal. But the, eh, it's, the no. little clips, pins and, and uh, you in clips you have to plug in for the struts, yeah, yeah. it's a little annoying. But it's, and it's exactly the same. I think some guys were going, couldn't it have been better if you had some kind of snap? device, but it's, you know, it's not a big deal. It's not worth not buying the plane.
2: Well, they're saying there's no tools needed for assembly and disassembly now. They've changed something in the wing mount or something.
0: Oh, you know what? I didn't, I didn't, I, yeah, I forgot there's, there's four bolts that hold the wing on a mine. So you're right. I haven't looked at that. So if it snaps in place, that's nice.
2: Yeah. So they changed that. And I wouldn't say the motor is the same. I say the same class, but we can't say that it's the same. (laughs) <laughs> a- it, it's red
0: <laughs> they fixed it that's the problem the other one was blue <laughs>
1: now, how big is this airplane 84 inches okay it's a big one
0: yes it's giant scale and yeah. I'm gonna do a little shout out for my mama my 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 wonderful mother she's a seamstress she made me wing bags for my cz cub really oh, wow. they are awesome yeah, huh, that is so cool. I would I would highly recommend if you get this plane get some wing bags because uh, unfortunately and uh, you know what that's a little thing I can just give you some insider information I don't know if they've updated it but the struts on the wing they they're screwed in to the wing so when you are done they they just collapse the problem is the little nubs that are on the st- struts on the main struts that connect to the little uh, h harness i guess under the wing they, they'll just go right into the foam so mine really could have used some little plastic covers you know glued on to the wing to keep it from punching holes into it hmm. uh, but long, going back to the whole saddle it's foam you guys got to be careful they're pretty big wings so um, it's nice to be able to carry them in something to keep them safe
1: yeah so your mother's offering wing bags for the carbon cup <sighs>
0: a wing. How's that? I'm going to make my mom some money. Yeah. Well, where's the Red Baron? Fitz has got an extra set, right? Oh, he's only got one. (laughs) (laughs) You You only have one wing bag, right? It's a half a wing bag, yeah. You need to go get the other one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it still has little pieces of habu floating around in it.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh, Did I tell you what happened to my habu? No. No. Uh, oh, I felt so stupid. All right, Blonder. so what's that?
0: Nothing. I'm foreshadowing. Oh. Go ahead. Okay.
2: No, I told you I flew a, it, right?
1: A little backstory here for, for anyone who doesn't remember.
2: Oh, right, right. So we were at the AMA Expo East, and there was uh, the AMA themselves were selling off uh, a bunch of airplanes that raised money that were donated to the AMA. So, um, and there was this nice, pristine, pretty much pristine-looking yellow fiberglass Habu, 32 X, if I remember correctly. And uh, I always kind of wanted a Habu 32, the the fiberglass one, not the foamy one, because I understand you can really overpower those suckers and make them go really fast. So, uh, they, um, I made an offer on it, and they accepted it. It was an offer I couldn't refuse from myself. Does that makes any sense? Uh, <laughs> uh, so, of course, we had the the issue of logistics of bringing it home since we all flew there and we had to fly back. And so, how do I bring this airplane back with me? How, it won't quite fit and carry on. And and um, so, we were able to disassemble it. it was, to its credit, it actually disassembled pretty far. But I couldn't, I was having problems finding something to put the fuselage in. So, I ended up buying a wing bag from one of the vendors there that pretty much fit the plane perfectly. Um, the fuselage, that is. And so it, we ended shipping it back there. Of course, airlines lost it for a couple of days, but when I finally got it back, um, I put it together. and Went through some time to, to piece it, and I don't think it's ever been flown. So I had to do some uh, some some work on it to get it ready. But but it was basically bind and fly, so that was really nice. I just had to go in and go through everything, make sure it flew. And I ultimately ended up flying it. I flew it once or twice at the field, and it flew pretty nice. It's got a noisy as heck fan on it. So um, I wasn't inclined to fly it that much more until I either looked into the fan to see if it's balanced well or just replace it all together. And I'm more inclined to just replace it with something that they can handle, uh, like an 8S or something. But anyway, so after I flew it, I said, okay, well, I'll I'll probably put another fan in it. Let me go hang it up with my other planes. And so I, I I hang it up in the... In the garage, like I had the planes. And then I um, go off into the house for something. And when I come back into the garage, you can probably guess what I saw. Oh,
1: no. Monkeys broke in.
2: Yes, it fell off the ceiling. It fell off the, wall of the rafter, so to speak. And it was on the floor. And um, uh, miraculously, it looks like when it fell, the nose... Hit a box that was on the floor, so that looks like that absorbed ninety percent of the impact. But when it did fall, fell over, it did um, a little bit of uh, damage to one of the uh, horizontal stabilizers. Uh, but it looks repairable, and I think one of the hinges got knocked out of whack. So uh, I was not <laughs> not too impressed that my new plane. <laughs> had like one flight on it, and it falls off the off the ceiling. <laughs>
1: Some airplanes are just cursed.
2: Yeah, that one was just cursed. Uh, so I got a little, some little more uh, repair work to do on it. I just haven't been inclined to do anything on it. Uh,
0: right. yeah. So Fitz, you've lost your, you've lost your workbench story at the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, well, you got hey, the work, workshop floor, workshop floor. <laughs> yes. Well, I got another project
2: update, so I can talk about that briefly. So, anyways, yeah. so that was my Habu story. So it'll fly again. i was just a little miffed at it
0: and gravity. <laughs> Hey, and, did I ever tell and, you about that ladder in my workshop? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, now I know how you feel, Lee. Did
1: you put a kill marking on it? <laughs> I
0: should. <laughs>
2: put kill marking on my floor. Uh, all right, so we've got another plane to talk about. This is from Hangar 9. They've got a, a big-arse timber, 110-inch. If you like them big and trainery, although this one's very out looking looking, um, uh, it's interesting that this is, of course, all wood. So it's not a foamy, which is nice. Big, thirty.
1: Well, it's gas powered. Yeah, it could be gas powered. Thirty so... to fifty
2: cc, they're saying.
1: Yeah. So, well, you don't want to foam for that.
2: No, no, no. It's Just interesting. Um, of course, if it's anything like the the smaller timber, it should be extremely fun plane to fly. Uh, they got big wheels. Now, what I thought jumped out at me is just like the smaller timber, it's got optional leading edge uh, slats that you can put on it. Okay. Uh, which I thought, it's well, uh so. If you really want to fly slow and uh, and really get the st- all ultimate stall out of it, some big wheels, all kinds of flaps. Looks like full span flaps on it. That you can put on it. So I guess this thing can really has a lot of lifting capability if you really want to take advantage of it. I uh, don't know what else to say about it. They do have an electric option.
1: Do they mention anything about uh, aerotowing?
2: Uh, I think they
1: said you could. Do a three-meter glider? Did I see that somewhere? Uh, is there an optional tow release or anything factory um, ready for it?
2: Or was I looking at the wrong thing?
0: I didn't see anything okay. to indicate a tow release.
2: That might have been a carbon cup yeah. when I saw something about a glider. Um,
1: okay. I'm sure you could put one on there. I just didn't know if they had a turnkey option.
2: Yeah, it would be great for towing gliders. Well, extra You would think it. so. Yeah, really big gliders.
1: Yeah, it just
0: towed straight up. <laughs> <Toe> straight up. <laughs> you
2: that's do that no with fun. drones. Float ready, so it's got a set of floats you can put on it. I uh, do no, about tow. But that's a good point. For something like this, you think uh, it would be a great idea to stick a toe release in there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
1: So this is what 110 inch wingspan. Yeah. 30 to 50 cc. ARF. So pre built, pre covered. Yeah. Yeah. And. $700. Gotta pay to play. And that's a pre-order price. I wonder if it's going to change once they're actually available. Mm. Although it says next shipment. I don't know if some have already come in. So July.
2: So he's out already?
1: Huh. Well, I don't know.
2: First I've heard of it. So.
1: Well, I thought there was something at one of the big events. It might, oh, I'm talking right out of my fanny here. Like Maybe it was Seth last year or um, Joe Nall last year when they premiered some yeah I, maybe i'm just confused but i had heard about it before somewhere and then i noticed that it's out or on the website recently so yeah i i don't see any of us getting one of these am i wrong no
2: you're probably a little not. too big
1: a little too gassy
2: yeah <laughs> a little too big for my little car
1: yeah uh. not that we're against gas but
2: yeah, I have a guess. I just,
0: I just wonder what do you think the final price would be if you threw in a 30cc motor, all the servos, all the electronics. What do you um, think you'd be at?
1: A lot. And I think there are different servo options depending on how you want to fly. Do you want to go digital, high voltage, or you know, standard? I, and I'm sure that changes the price point considerably. Mm. But you know, when, when you're talking a 30 to 50cc airplane, you, you're probably not inclined to worry about the price all that much. Right? Is there that much deviation in how much any plane this size is going to cost?
2: Not really. Any big plane is going to be, you know, going to have a cost associated with it that's typical. So, uh, yeah, I,
1: I think it'd be interesting to talk with some of our buddies who dabble in this size and kind of see what the, the price range is for practical planes. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a spectrum, I just don't know what it is.
2: Well, you're talking about a thousand bucks at least to get to, easily, yeah, yeah, to get us running. Easily. So,
0: oh yeah, I mean, I was actually thinking closer to twelve hundred. Yeah, probably when when you put all the extra batteries that you need in there, plus fuel, if you're going gas, and well, anything else you got to do to tweak that thing. Well,
2: gas is cheap, but the engine and then all the servos, you probably need some good, good, really good brand servos. Well,
0: I mean the the Digitals. DLE fifty five is four hundred and twenty bucks. Oh yeah, so you're already at twelve hundred, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Just, let you know, when you see that price, you got
1: to add a little more. <laughs> Can't
0: just say, I have this extra weed eater in the back. I'll just throw that on there.
1: But can you put a price on fun? Yes. The <laughs> awesome.
0: yeah, it's called Las Vegas. <laughs> it is if you saw my checking out there. All right.
1: So well. how many timbers does this make in the lineup now? <laughs> Oh, i'm sorry three. the way I,
0: I heard that question I was like how many how many timber x's do you need to equal one yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's let's strap three timber x's together uh, they have got uh, so the go timber
2: on. the turbo timber the big giant timber and then i guess the timber v1 and then the ultra micro oh the ultra micro timber so was that five yeah,
1: a whole slew of timbers yeah
0: i have two timbers in my house timber eye do you guys have timbers
1: i have the no. little one
0: Okay, so Fitz, are you timberless? I'm timberless. Yes. You need to get. You need to get a timber. Uh, I, a one of us. One of us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just steal a, a flight from Jeff's timber.
1: There you go. That's the best option, really. You yeah. convince one of your friends to buy the one you want, and you get flying privileges. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, when I went and flew the, uh, the Cessna, 150, the one one nice thing was I uh, brought the timber with me because I knew if I if I had a, a mishap, at least I could go have fun with the Timber X. <laughs> yes all right Um, do you want to talk about uh, just real quick just real quick Austin flew the Timber X and then he said I want one dad (laughs) 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 no but yes my son flew and landed the Timber X He, he had a great time cool cool
1: so yeah he's an accomplished pilot now right is there anything in your fleet you wouldn't let him fly
0: the Cessna? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I don't know. Probably the P-38. I'd like yeah. to keep that one piece for a little while longer. <laughs> Not because it's much
1: more difficult to fly, but just because it's more it's precious.
0: Spe- it's special. Yeah. Yeah, it's like get...
1: I tell my kids with a lot of things. If it gets broken, I want to be the one who broke it. I, yeah. I, I would never forgive you if you broke it.
0: You, you know, you made me think about that, Terry. That's That's something I don't think he has done yet. I don't think he has flown one of my father's planes yet. I've got to put that on the books.
1: Put him on that champ. The life warrior. Yeah, that's what I meant. I, that's what yeah. I'm saying
0: I don't think I've ever had him. He's never had a go at that. So I do. I need to get him to fly um, one of the gliders and then the champ. There you go. So put that on my list. Remind me. Send me. Send me text reminders. Make it threats. Suck.
1: Threats. I don't send reminders. I send threats.
2: <laughs> All right. So while uh, Lee prepares his kid for his next step in his flying career. Let's uh, take a break. We'll be right back. We're back. All right, so I understand, Lee, uh, I'm sorry, I've had a busy week, so I haven't been able to catch up with everything, but there's something with the FAA. They've dropped some some new rules for uh, UAS
0: systems or something. Can you kind of key us in what's up with that? Yeah, correction, fits. there's always something with the FAA. Well, (laughs) something new or... (laughs) <laughs>
1: is it a plan or a scheme?
0: It's a, oh boy, I like that. It's, it is a scheme. And then you know what? It's, it's, sometimes it's happening behind our backs, so we really never know. And I, I say this all the time because sometimes it's interpretation, but this huge little debacle that came up this week, or maybe or the end of last week, was the uh, FAA notice about uh, a letter or a memo that to went to ATCs to say you can't approve uh, flying anymore. I mean, when you first read it, it's like they're saying, you know, no one's allowed to call you and you can't give authorization for anybody to fly. <laughs> it was a very then, poorly well, written memo. Well, but-
1: take a step back a little bit because the previous policy was that if you are a recreational RC pilot, whether it's quads or airplanes or whatever, and you were in controlled airspace, you were supposed to notify the local air traffic control tower of your intention.
2: If you're right. within <clears> five <throat> miles, right? Within your five miles. With okay, right.
1: If you're well okay, yeah. But you didn't have to ask permission, right? It was just notification.
0: Uh, uh, It was like Hello,
1: I'm I'm flying over here. Hello,
0: have fun. You do you do what you've been doing for all these years and having a great time. We respect you.
1: Yeah. Okay, so am am I right there? You didn't have to say mother, may I? That is correct. That is
0: absolutely correct.
1: All right. So in fifty words or less, summarize the thing that came out yesterday.
0: Well, the memo that came out first was just for ATC, so everybody interpreted it to be that the the air traffic control tower was no longer going to approve. And it even said, you cannot approve if they're flying within a certain distance, which the way it was worded, it sounded as if you they can't fly. Right. And, and then... It got that,
1: leaked. What We weren't supposed to see it, but some some insider leaked it out to the RC world.
0: And I think what was great is because it was a photo of this memo and it was <laughs> the same memo that was everywhere. It wasn't like several people had the memo is one photo. Right. So whoever knows where the original came from. And then it, it, it was like the Zapruder
1: <laughs> film for the FAA.
0: Oh yeah. Well, and I've, I read the AMA's response. I reread the memo again and you know, <clears throat> and this is weird cause I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm supporting the FAA, but my first knee-jerk reaction was anger. My second knee-jerk reaction was, uh, or not (laughs) knee-jerk, like what was that pain in my knee? Um, To say, okay, maybe I need to reread this. And then finally I was like, okay, this just means because of the new laws, because they're changing the regulations, they're not gonna harass air traffic controllers anymore. We're not gonna let them be responsible. They're not gonna call to get approval. We're going to say these sites have to be tagged. The people who are in charge of certain sites within that five miles, must have their site approved so that they're automatically acknowledged by ATC. Is oh. that how you read it, Terry? Uh,
1: the original, the the one to the ATCs or the one that came out for us?
0: The one that came out for us.
1: Okay, well, let's make that distinction. Originally, they sent the note to the air traffic controllers that we got leaked, and then yesterday, they sent a new, a very similar memorandum to... I guess it's people who registered, I'm not really sure, but whoever's in their database as a UAS pilot, they sent this same set of rules yesterday. And my understanding is very similar to what you said. That don't bother calling air traffic control anymore, because if you're flying in controlled airspace, you're going to have to be at an approved, established flying field.
0: Yeah, like the only yeah. If you're only flying in the airspace we don't care about, which is G, which is very quickly disappearing from you know everybody. It's right. like, I can't
1: imagine there's anywhere close to you guys in Houston that's G. Is that accurate?
0: Uh we're we're right on the edge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go but the, but everything is B C and D. You know. So every yeah. or you know it's, everything's within those boundaries. So it really stinks.
2: You know. So 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 it sounds like what the change was is. They're basically saying to ATC that they don't have the authority to approve or disapprove uh, model flying.
1: No, it's not so much an authority issue. It's We're not going to burden you with this hassle anymore. There we're just going to make is. blanket rules that make it clear, and nobody has to, to call you to clarify or <clears> notify. <throat> just, here's where you can fly, period. No one should ever
0: call you to say, we're flying. Okay. You know, if someone calls you, you ignore the call, or you just say, oh, "We can't do that." You need to go look up the latest. You know, 2018. Oh, okay. 2018
1: no habla inglés. Well,
2: that's probably a good thing. I'm sure most ATC could really don't want to be bothered by a bunch of model, modeler guys calling them all the time, telling them. Right.
1: right. I agree. They and should be out of this. They never should have been involved in the first place. Yeah. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that this is a good idea.
0: And and, and the original the original intent before, you know, when it was rule 336 was, hey, just give them a heads up. Do the nice courtesy gesture and say, hey, we're going to be flying model airplanes. So in case, you know, there's some guys flying, they say, hey, we saw something go down. It's like, oh, well, they're flying model airplanes over there. You know, so it's just one of those little friendly gestures. Now it became like, oh, my God, there's people flying they're they're drone. They're flying drones. Good gracious. You know, that's like.
1: Well, I have no idea. Would they even pick up a reasonably sized RC airplane? I mean, how much metal has to be in there to give back a signature? That's a
0: good
2: question.
1: I You're was. I mean, for me, it wasn't. Yet.
2: no. no
0: it wasn't really radar. It was just other people saying, "Hey, I thought I saw a plane go down." If oh. they called the airport just to report a plane down, because you know they might be tracking it, oh, and yeah. it turns out it's just a model airplane. You know, within you know, whatever five miles.
1: You think that ever happens?
0: I don't. But I'm just saying. Yeah. I think that was just kind of the interpretation. Yeah, I think that that's i read intent. a story
2: where a model airplane was landing, and somebody called in into the police. They thought they saw an airplane crash. Oh, there you go. Fits just okay, to, just Just approved it. That has
1: to be so infrequent that well, it's just sure a, a it is, But it's aberration happening. on the chart. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not sure what I think about this whole thing. I mean, other than I think the FAA is still getting too way too deep in the weeds with this stuff to to be effective, and they're making rules they'll never be able to enforce effectively. Um, but one good thing that I noticed, and I'm sure it's temporary, is that. There's language in this latest letter that says, this is not a law, this is not a rule yet, so please, please, please do this, but we can't stop you if you don't.
2: <laughs> okay. Good. So, I mean,
1: it's just a memorandum. It, it's uh. not a effective FAA policy yet. Yet. That's the direction they want to go, but they're saying, you know, until we get all these other things in place, like the, the pilot testing and the system for... For requesting authority online then you know all of this is just kind of uh, nonsense so for me i'm within five miles of the buffalo airport it's some of the parks around here so uh, if this becomes law effectively that's going to shut all that down because they're not going to be ama fields and so my nearest ama field that i'm aware of is half an hour to 45 minutes away hmm. So I can't fly my little park flyer stuff you know, below tree top level at these parks, not legally anyway.
0: Well, and I'm going to try to close this because we don't want to stick on it too long. But this is the part that I didn't like about the notice that came from the FAA was the whole fear factor again. We we always knew this was coming, but the last paragraph is or reads. Nevertheless, if your operation fails to satisfy the eight statutory conditions as described in this notice, or if you are not operating under Part 107 or other FAA authority, your operation may violate other FAA regulations and subject you to enforcement action. Additionally, if you operate your recreational unmanned aircraft carelessly or recklessly, the FAA may exercise existing authority to take enforcement action against you for endangering the national airspace system. And all again, and I'm just saying that again is all under interpretation. You know, if I'm flying and I'm doing a loop and I, you know, bail out and I end up hitting the ground, am I, you know, am I flying recklessly? It depends on who you're asking. (laughs) If it's a fellow pilot, they'd go, oh, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but if you, you know, if someone's, you know, a neighbor who sees an airplane crash and thinks it was uncontrollable and it could have hit their house, they could say otherwise. eh, It's just that fear factor again. We could, you know, send a law against you.
1: Yeah. And I'll say again that we've said this throughout this whole FAA issue that I think most of this came about from dumb people with RC airplanes and quads doing dumb things in dumb places and getting their attention. But despite that, they are taking a very broad brush approach to it and making rules that are overly harsh and are only going to punish the the law followers. So. They're using a hatchet, when they should be using a scalpel.
0: Yep.
1: And I'll say this one more time, too. I think they would solve all of the problems if they focused their attention on GPS-controlled UAS. Leave line of sight out of it. Yeah. Um, Leave it,
0: flying it, sights out of it.
1: Right. I mean, the, the only, and from what I can tell, the only aircraft that have ever caused any concerns, legitimate or pretend, are GPS-guided. Yeah.
2: Somebody, fixed wing and multi rider. Some autonomous GPS guided UAS systems. Right. Beyond line of sight.
1: Yep. Some guy went and bought a phantom because he thought it was cool, had no idea what it was doing, but he was able to open the box and go fly somewhere. So that's that's the gist of it.
0: I'm gonna go to three thousand feet. I'm gonna go all the way to that bridge over there and have it fly back. I can't wait to see that footage. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. And of course. The next, well, like I say, the next fear is like, it's it's coming, guys. The the new test is going to be coming before we know it. And I'm, I'm kind of crazy about it because I think that's just crazy. It's insane.
1: We'll see. All right.
0: Yep. And we'll talk about it when it comes out. Oh, boy. <laughs> One whole episode.
1: <laughs> Here are the answers. <laughs> Try to stop us. We're going to make you wear a heart pressure or a blood pressure and heart monitor while we record that.
0: Man, if I don't um, score 100 on that test, I'm just going to be so sad.
1: I already know the title of that episode. Flatliners. Flatliners. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Terry, tell us about what?
2: Brodac.
1: Oh, no! this is just a quick little thing, and it's probably not news to a lot of people, but we've been focusing quite a bit recently on options for Balsa kits and what's still out there and who do we know. And I had always thought of Brodac as a control line resource. And while I did control line as a kid, I don't really dabble in it anymore. But I happened to be poking around their site the other day, and they have quite a few RC options. And it looks like the spirit of yesteryear kits that were pretty popular at the the beginning of the electric, le- electric revolution like uh, in the 90s, it looks like they have all of that stuff, or at least a fair amount of it. Um, and then some other stuff as well so if anybody out there is maintaining a list of places to buy balsa kits add Brodak to your okay. list for real, rc and controlling
2: real quick they actually have a kit that i have and i've built they have the uh arrow it's a it's a really standoff scale they have an arrow
1: oh yeah Deltawing. okay uh-huh.
2: and i have one i bought oh probably 15 or more years ago, a long time ago, I saw it hanging in a hobby shop. Is I thought it was interesting as a kit. It's all wood. And it's a wood kit with a flat plate built up wing. If that makes any okay. sense. Sure. And uh, I built it and I've flown it a few times. It's interesting plane. It's got a little bit of a quirk on launch. You, gotta, you almost need to have a preset up trim to launch it. And then once it's on step, it flies really good and it rolls really fast. <laughs> uh, so I was, I was surprised and... Uh, amused when i saw it brodeck is carrying it now it's kind of a neat thing in fact when i now that i saw it on a brodeck site i'm thinking hey maybe i'll bring it up with me to small get put some servos back in it and fly it again Uh, because i haven't flown in quite a while
1: wait did you call it a de Havilland arrow
2: it's de Havilland, right
1: i'm gonna be pedantic here it's an avro
2: arrow oh avro sorry sorry the pride of canada it's de Havillands canada too
1: yeah, but the, not this airplane. It's it Canadian design, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, it's Canadian. All Canadian. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well,
1: see, now you're going to make me look it up. Dad, come in. <laughs> yeah.
2: And uh, I remember seeing uh, back uh, when I went up to visit you and I went over to the ca- Canadian side, went to the Air Museum. They had pieces of one, and they had a really nice-looking model of one hanging up, RC model that had been since retired, but it was big.
0: So. Huh. Something needs to be modeled more. It's a neat plane. Yeah. Well, and on the tail end of this, I'm going through their website, and they've got a fly-in.
2: Who has and what? Brodak
0: fly-in, really? 20, 2019, the 23rd annual Brodac fly-in, June 10th through the 15th, and it's on their website.
1: June 10th. So Is it, it all control line, or do they have RCE events? Do I am
0: a speed limit combat, fun carrier, ringmaster, okay. Firecat, Super Firecat, half a stunt. That's for Thursday. Yeah, that's all. Friday, line. Friday is Precision Aerobatics, ladies and youth only, fun scale, sports scale, half a scale, uh, Junkyard Wars construction at three o'clock. Ooh, that's cool. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. maybe it's just all Control Line. Okay, huh. sounds neat. No
1: yeah, it would still be fun.
2: Now while we're talking Control Line, now Houston has a fairly active Control Line group, but I can't find anything about them. And apparently they had some sort of nationals or something a week or two ago, and I would have went to if I'd known about it, but... Uh, do you know anything about them, Lee? I, I don't see a website or anything on... on no. Nope. They're, like, very Sorry. mysterious.
1: <laughs> mm. They're like a flash mob. Yeah. And these the, Show up somewhere.
2: Yeah, and these are the guys that, that fly at the Scobie Field where they have, actually, some cement circles and stuff. It's a really nice, pretty nice facility. And apparently this... Drew some international participants as well. And they had combat, and I, I, it's like I, hear about it after it happens. It's like I would have gone. I would love to see some control line combat, um, oh. but they have like no online presence practically, that I can tell. I'll have to do some more research.
1: Okay. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. And not to say I told you so, but it is the Avro Canada Arrow.
2: Is it Avro? Okay.
1: CF one hundred and five.
2: All right. Okay, so we have, Lee, have you uh, you were talking about a 3D printer before. You had, Have you been doing any more research into it?
0: It's still just talk. Still just a gleam in your eye? <laughs> well, just, you know why I can't afford a $700 ARF? <laughs> Same reason I can't afford a $300 plus 3D printer. <laughs> it's just not in the budget right now. Most well, of the planes I'm buying are, are sub 100
1: well, for me, it was I mean, cost is an issue, of course, um, but it's so overwhelming. If you don't know anything about it and you just three D, you Google three D printer, you're going to get an overwhelming oh, amount of information getting, getting that's hard to hits. digest. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, and and you don't know if you're getting a newer version and some um, have glitches. Uh, the one that I I last looked at and was like, okay, it's going to be on my wish list was a Creality Ender three. Yeah. I think I sent it a link to Fitz, and he said, yeah, that's a probably a good one to try, and this one's been updated. So I think from the last time I looked, it's, it's updated again. It's got a different kind of uh, like magnetic build plate or surface plate. Have you ever heard of this, Fitz?
2: Magnetic?
0: It's a, it's a removable magnetic oh, base. Oh, okay. So okay. after it cools down, you can pull the whole magnetic piece off the
2: Yeah, you could probably thing. flex it a little bit to pop the pieces off.
0: Yeah, yeah. So like okay, that sounds like you have something yet to have. But and another thing I'm I'm not familiar with and Terry touched on it was just knowing like what needs to be updated. If there's firmware updates that there's a, some kind of glitch and I'm I've been doing those little forms and there's tons of errors like that. People are there, having to
2: The firmware thing is a rabbit hole. There's always little tweaks. There's people that do their own tweaks, there's the company that may tweak it. Ninety nine percent of the time it works just fine for the most part, out of the box. Um and anything else is really icing on the cake. Unless you really, you know, it depends on what you're looking to get out of it. Uh, but there's, and sometimes you're limited to what tweaks you can do because there's limited memory on those boards. So you have to pick
0: and choose what kind of firmware updates you want to do. Well, I spent like uh, two hours playing with Fusion 360 and I don't think I got anywhere except uh. like... I downloaded a couple of samples and saw how much work they did to like, make a paper clip. <laughs> I, was like, I
1: was like, that's a lot. <laughs> so just, you yeah, just it say... was a pretty steep learning curve up front, but it tapers <laughs> yeah.
2: off. So. Yeah, your time would be better spent learning Fusion or something like that than worrying about which firmware you're running and, and, and too much in the particulars of the printer. Um, yeah. Because the real versatility is being able to draw your own parts. That's the main uh, versatility that these things have.
1: And kind of yeah. like with gas airplanes or big airplanes, the best option is to have a friend with a 3D printer. <laughs> <laughs> just right, just email, email him the file. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so actually, I got my 3D printer from Fitz. It's his hand-me-down. And I had tried to get it going myself, but there were a few fundamentals that I didn't quite understand. So until he came up here last summer and kind of kick-started me through those uh, gates, then, I was stuck. But since then, I've uh, I've been printing a lot of stuff, and uh, it's pretty handy.
2: Yeah, it's very handy. It's very useful. It's it, it sometimes involves a bit of a shift in your thought process because sometimes you're like, oh, I need uh, I need to solve this problem, or I need this part, and the hobby store is closed. And you got to remember, oh, there's a good chance you might be able to make the part from your 3d printer or if it's something really oddball that you're worried about whittling out a balsa or something like that you can probably whip it out so it's 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 saved me a few times with some neat parts that were custom all right
1: there's the title for our show whip it out whip it out (laughs) all right excuse me what never mind
0: so terry can you talk about the your latest 3d project or are you holding that for another
1: no i can um I think I mentioned previously that I've been working on restoring this uh, hair mini sport, which was one of the little planes I bought at a recent swap meet and it was mostly ready to go. It just needed a few tweaks, but it's an open cockpit airplane that didn't have a pilot figure in there. And that just you know, wouldn't do. So I didn't have any pilot figures that were the right size. And I'm pretty sure that Sparky sells one that would have been perfect, but I was in a hurry to do this. So I went on Thingiverse and found a pilot figure and printed it out. And at first I, I printed it solid and it was kind of heavy. I think it was 14 grams. And then Fitz walked me through the process of printing a hollow version, which I did. And that was about half the weight. And I wouldn't say it's nice, because it's got all the texture on the outside from the printing process. It's not smooth like a a molded or a vacuum-formed pilot. But from a foot or two away, it's pretty good. And once i figured out a a fairly effective way of painting it, I'm I'm happy with it. So that's one of those scenarios where if you don't have what you need, you can probably get by with this. It might not be the best option, but... It's a convenient option.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think I saw uh, on Facebook, I think one of the guys, you know, is it, maybe you, you saw it too, Lee. Um, uh, was it Randy Larson? He was talking about building a P-51 and uh, somebody 3D printed some parts for him. I think they were a cockpit interior, the uh, throttle quadrants, that kind of stuff that you can put inside for detail.
1: Oh, yeah. There's people that make 3D printed uh like engine, detail engines? Or oh, yeah, yeah. Dummy engine. Printed a show,
2: um, Chris, what's his last name? Mm-hmm. The RC Geek.
1: Oh, Chris Wolf. Chris Oh, Wolf. yeah, he yeah. does
2: all sorts of stuff. Yeah, he does. He, he bought a fancy, uh, I talked to him briefly about it, A um, what they call an SLA printer. It's a resin printer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he can do really high quality parts now um, for for hire or for honor, or what do you want to call it, uh, that he offers for different planes. He had a really, really nice-looking EDF, um, the, the feathers in the back, the uh, exhaust All right. thing. Uh, I forgot what you call it. Uh, it looked, that looked fantastic. It looked like a scale model. All right. uh, so, yeah, it was just, those aren't cheap printers, and they, there's a little bit more work to involve in maintaining them, but the quality is extremely good. You don't have the ridges like you do in the FDM printers like we use with the filament so hey
0: speaking of the ridges and i didn't get to ask terry but have you guys ever tried the acetone uh you know putting it under a jar with uh, I see, the paint thinner and then letting it kind of smooth itself out i i have not you can do
2: that that would probably work fairly well for the pilot figures since they're not precise they're just sort of organic shapes but that only works with abs it doesn't work with pla filament
0: Oh, okay, uh, ABS See, and maybe I'll, something else. But, yeah, learn but, something new. <laughs> you can get filler. Somebody, <laughs> how about fire? fire. <laughs> <laughs> you just putting, a, putting a torch to it, Terry. Yeah, you try using a blowtorch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll give that a shot and let you know how it works out.
2: Yeah. Uh, if you can also look, uh, somebody makes a, they, they, a PLA filler. I think it's a spray. or No, it's a, like an epoxy resin that you can you mix together and paint over it. It's supposed to fill in a lot of the ridges, smooth it out pretty good. You can find it on Amazon.
0: Hey, hey Terry, I'm still laughing. But if it looks like the guy from Indiana Jones, Rage of the Lost Ark at the end with the arcs open, just, <laughs> just leave it like that. Don't look, Marion. Don't look. <laughs> just leave it like that for the cockpit. I, I would. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, just leave it half-melted. Sure. <laughs> the last flight. <laughs> All right, so as we alluded to earlier, we got some workbench topics. We always sometimes like to talk what's on our workbench, and this is not a euphemism. We literally have stuff on our workbenches, although my workbench was a little bit cleaned up lately because I just finished something. Um, who wants to start
1: first? Uh, I will. Uh, Terry! <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to trick me into it. Uh, mine is short and sweet because I don't have anything new since last time. No? I've worked on that mini sport and I think it's ready to go. But since finishing that, the weather's been kind of crummy and I haven't maidened it or remaidened it, as the case may be. And I haven't started anything new yet. So I've been lame.
2: Lame. So lame. Yeah. Uh.
1: yeah. And I wanted to leave room for you guys to talk. Uh. I'm being unselfish.
2: Okay. Well, I guess I'll go real quick. Um, the Warlock. The warlock is done basically. Uh, 99% done. There's one last thing that I need to do, and it's, it's, I'm, I'm a little bit mm, perturbed about it, but it was my but fault. This is the
1: half a plane you got from Jeff without a wing.
2: This yeah, Jeff gave me the fuselage that was maybe 75% finished. It was covered, but it was missing the, the control surfaces and uh, didn't have an engine on it and that kind of stuff, but it was covered. So, um, so I got the wing built, and by just by good chance, I happened to have the same color covering that he used for the fuselage in my stash.
1: That so, never happens.
2: Yeah. And this cover I've had for a long time. And it's kind of a goofy color, too. It's not like it's white or red. It's like a metallic blue or something. Um, so uh, I was really happy to find a matching color, so I covered the wing. Uh, I took your advice, Terry. I don't know if you noticed that, but I decided to put separate servos in the wing.
1: Oh, hmm, okay.
2: Um why did I do that? Um, oh, flapper runs? No. Well, I could do flapper runs, but it would. It, I was running out of space in the fuselage ah, because I'm putting okay. more servos in there that normally it was meant for. It was basically supposed to be a two-channel plane, and you know? I'm adding a, rut, a functional rudder and a throttle, and so things were getting crowded. I was like, "No, we just stick the servos in the wings," um, uh, and so that worked out pretty good. Uh, and I threw some. I put some trim on. I haven't sent any pictures out yet, but it's some yellow trim, kind of. Imitating what some of the early trim schemes were for this plane back in the '80s, so it's it, a nice looking model. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, I think I'm going to really like it. Um, I stole the landing gear from another plane. Uh, I just happened to have the landing gear from some old plane. I, I think I threw the plane away a long time ago, but I had the landing gear and it looked like a perfect fit. Just to, I just need to paint them a different color. Uh, but they have wheel pants on them, which is kind of neat. Uh, I got the engine mounted. It took a little bit of uh, carving. Of the fuselage, you get the engine in there, but it's uh, just to remind you, it's a Norvel 061 with a muffler and a throttle. Brand new, I have not run it, and the reason why I haven't run it because I can't I'm having problems getting the right fuel tank for it. Uh, it's a, the two ounce from Dubro wouldn't quite fit the way I wanted without a lot of carving and hacking and i still i don't think think it was a little bit too big for me to get the battery in there to get everything balanced so
1: blowtorch will fix that too
2: yeah yeah have a melted tank uh so
1: i went 3d print a tank
2: so i went and ordered one um I, i found out that sullivan makes one ounce tanks i said Oh right okay i'll order one and i order it and i get it in the mail and it's the two ounce tank (laughs) <laughs> it's like no what the? And, and like I, I, at first i thought they made a mistake it's like oh come on and so i look at my order no it was me somehow i had clicked off the page that had the one ounce tank and ordered it from the page that had a two ounce tank and so now I, I i've ordered the one ounce tank again so i'm gonna have to wait till probably monday or tuesday to get it uh, Fortunately, fortunately still gives me some time so my last really the last step is for me to, to plumb the thing up and get the engine run in and Broken in a little bit, um, so I ended up getting some Sullivan two ounce tanks, which are interestingly enough a slightly different shape than the Dubro tanks. So I I think I can squeeze a two ounce tank into my QT because I've oh. been meaning to put a separate tank. The QT has a uh, one of those tank mounts for the TDO fifty one right. that holds you know what quarter an ounce, half an ounce maybe at the most. Uh, okay. So in the runtime, so basically it's got a two minute runtime. Uh, no matter what the throttle is, so I, I've discovered uh, that right. those restrictive throttle restriction throttles, I don't think they're any more efficient at lower throttle than full throttle. They're just
1: so cool. they just spew out the gas; they don't burn. Yeah, exactly. Cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just quieter and slower, but it still uses the same amount of fuel. So, uh, so, and it's the plane has a lot of weight lifting carrying capability. It, it carried an extra camera on there with no problem. It has
0: a built in fuel dump. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so in fact
2: I think my the, my next task over the weekend is to see if I can plumb up the two ounce tank into the QT and I'll take that to small with me as well.
0: I'm thinking put one tank on each
2: wing. There you go, a drop tank. <laughs> there you go. Get that thing to six ounces. Let her go. So so that's uh what I have on my workbench. I'm really happy to finally get the warlock finished and I look forward to flying it. And uh by all means I've heard it's it's a nice flying plane. Really nice looking plane on Happy I decided to finish it. I sent the picture to Jeff and his father, and they were all excited because Jeff said the plane, he's seen that plane since he was a kid it has been in that condition. So, we, Wow. We, and, now, uh,
1: does that add some pressure for the maiden flight? Eh, eh, He's counting on you, man. It's only half my
2: plane. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not worried about the maiden flight. man
0: eh, it'll be a sweetheart. Cool. That's it for me. That leaves Lee. Woohoo! Hope everybody's sitting down, got your beverage ready right, me, got a couple of snacks. Get ready here. Uh, Lean back in your chair and let me here a, we go. I'm going to drink real, real quick. <laughs> I have been I have been quite busy and I've been posting stuff on Facebook so you guys are probably already aware, but I guess I I kind of accidentally uh, gave the information, well it was on Facebook, but if you're not a Facebook user, and, and you don't know, I have successfully flown the SIG quick built Cessna 150.
1: Wow, uh, and there was much rejoicing.
0: There was way much rejoicing. And it wasn't and a, a dream. Hung... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? The. Uh... Gosh, darn it. He wakes up next to his wife from the.
2: Oh, darn it. The.
0: Um... Oh, is that the show that uh, Comed- the comedian Newhart? Newhart, there you go, no. Bob Newhart show. <laughs> so, no, it was not a dream. It was great. I have some video. Uh, maybe um, I don't know. Did I post the video on our Facebook page? I, I yeah. guess I got to find another way. I got to find another way to, for people to see it if they're not uh, Facebook users. Maybe we can get a link on our website, Terry. But it was, it was great. I I mean, it was very exhilarating. I only need a little bit of uh, aileron trim. She just kind of wanted to dip one wing Hmm. for a while and she, she flies fast. (laughs) I'm going to have to start uh, working with throttle and elevator trim adjustments to get the speed down just a tad. It was great. I was very happy. Uh, The first flight was, you know, very nervous and it kind of I, I now know it's I wanna say it's stall speed, but when she got near close to the ground and I was she was slowing down, she just kinda of dropped at the last second. Uh, gratefully landed on all the wheels and <laughs> nothing was wrong. So And then the second go ahead. So bricks can fly. Yeah. If bricks can fly nine and a half pound bricks can fly uh second flight was perfect it was just exactly what i'd hoped for so except for the fact that she's as one person wrote she flies as fast as a spitfire
1: <laughs> you not know, uh, uh, heavy but i don't think it's really that bad i calculated the wing loading but i forget what the number was like 30 or 40 ounces per square foot that's pretty high uh, it's pretty high for a plane but that size. It's
0: I I have ample great. power with the with the motor and battery setup I have. She was flying half throttle very well. If I had if I needed full throttle, it would. I mean, and by the way, this is not a lot of pitch speed on this prop. I think it's like a thirteen six. Hmm. Um, so it's it's not it's not a fast propeller setup. It's just she's she's cruising along pretty quick. But yeah. I mean, really, that's the only the minor uh, issue I had with the plane. Uh, it was it was wonderful. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and. Um, can't wait to get the decals on. She's going to look like a plane called 35 Ugly, uh, which is uh, from a group up uh, north, a flying group up north. So I'll, I'll get that to Callie and get that going. So anyway, the Cessna 150 was awesome. So that was on the bench, and she's flown, and she's going to be back on the bench for minor cleanup. Did, did you use the flaps at any time on it? I did. I did, yeah. And it was great. And I'll tell you, I, in the video, uh, which, by the way, my son Austin did a wonderful job videotaping the flight. Uh, You know, when I had flaps down, half flaps, and she did, you know, slow down, no weird characteristics. I I kind of feel like I nailed the elevator trim adjustment on the first try uh, when I was programming the radio. So it was wonderful. And then full flaps on landing, which is definitely what she needs at that speed. It was great. So... I'm very, very happy with the performance of the airplane. So once I get a couple more flights and I really, uh, you know, more comfortable, I'll hopefully make her a little more scale-like. <laughs> Not like she's trying to outrun a front, <laughs> you know, like when people are doing that. So uh, that's the Cessna 150. I also, I announced on Facebook that I picked up another Tower Hobbies P-51, which we have reviewed uh, over a year ago. We all like them. I love my my. Mis- Was it two years ago? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did so a three-view
2: on it, if you remember
0: correctly, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You have Berlin Express, right, Fitz?
2: Uh, yes.
0: And then Terry has Red Racer? Yep. Or Racer Red. So I have Miss America. Love it. And as Terry said on Forest, she's a hoot. So when I saw Shangri-La come out, which was a version that came out after the first four, I was like, yeah, I want to buy that. So I've been holding off until they put that one on sale, and they finally did. I, I, I think I just got under the gun because as soon as I looked back to the website, it was back to 119. That's but, the
1: B model canopy on that?
0: B model, yeah. Okay. Nice green with the uh, Invasion stripes. Cool. Uh, haven't flown it yet. I The goal was to buy this plane and move the electric retracts off of Miss America and even add flaps to Shangri-La to make it a full, you know, set up. And then Miss America is going to be strictly a 4S speed demon pylon racer. Well, there you go. Yeah. Without that, without the gear, she's, whew, she's going to jump up a little bit more too. So yeah.
1: Now I've pulled the gear off of mine because I've tried a couple times off the grass and it, you know, we talked a lot back then about the tip over tendencies and some of the things we did to help mitigate that. But even still it was ineffective on grass for me so i just pulled the gear off and i hand launch it now and that's fine
0: yeah i think 90 percent of the people who reviewed it that i saw on YouTube's have all had the same issue it just wants to nose over yeah. can't get can't get that gear to go out far enough uh, forward so now when fitz and i flew ours at best we both you know took off and landed on the concrete and we had no problems
1: but you uh, would still but- shim them forward right Uh, I did not shim Miss America forward. Okay, I did on mine, because when I first flew it in Texas, I had concrete runways, and I had a little bit of trouble with it until I shimmed it, but that's all right.
0: Now, I did shim it for Shangri-La, so I've already moved the gear over. So, yes, it's shimmed in (laughs) Shangri-La.
1: Say that ten times fast.
0: All right, so let me get done my, my, my list here. So I got a uh, Cessna 150 is done. P-51 hasn't flown yet, but I'll get that up in the air soon. I um, went back to work on my Corsair, my top flight Corsair 60. I have decided to go ahead and install the DLE-20, but on, on my rules, <laughs> which, <laughs> which <laughs> I mean, You're keep, you keeping the firewall in? I'm keeping the firewall in. I can't do it. I can't just take a knife to the firewall, especially with being a gas... Huge gas. Uh, what do they call it? Vibration knocking machine. Uh, yeah. So I've I've come up with a, a clever plan. I went ahead and purchased a custom Corsair cowl for that plane, and I've shipped it to Keith Sparks. My buddy Keith is going to stretch it out an inch and a quarter, <laughs> so it'll <laughs> mount properly. <laughs> it's gonna, it, yes, it, it does look weird. It might look weird. We'll see. We'll see. But you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to cut up that cowl, uh, the original one, because in case I just decide not to go gas anymore, I could throw in an electric motor, like I do on my. Uh, H&M Performance Corsair, put another Scorpion in there, and, just, and go back to just having fun. So I, I will get the DLE in there. The, the thing with the DLE, though, is that unless you cut a hole, you can't get the carburetor back there. But the other problem is I'm using these Dubro shock mounts, which means I can't get the right muffler. I can't put the Pitts muffler on. Cause it, it'll stick out too far so the only muffler i can use is the side muffler and i still need a little bit more room because it would hit the firewall so what i'm doing i think is is fine as long as it as long as it doesn't mean i have to add a pound of lead in the tail <laughs> like my cessna
1: <laughs> can you move the was- servos and other stuff rearward?
0: If I have to, I think they're, well, the servos are already at the back of the trailing edge. Okay. Um, so anyway, I started some work on the Corsair. We have a float fly this weekend at my club at Northwest RC. So I dug out the floats for my fly zone beaver, and I just got everything out this morning. So I'll be working on that tonight. And um, speaking
1: of the carbon cub, don't you have floats for that too?
0: I do, uh, but right now with the schedule I have for the rest of the day, I'm not going to have time to get the cub out to do that. So I'm I'm going to bring the beaver f- Terry, Terry, uh, Austin's going to bring, what has he got? He's got some float. Oh, the, da, 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 da. what is that little foamy plane? We, got a, we bought a kit from Tom Blakeney at best several years ago. And, oh, no, 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 I, <laughs> I take it back. I did get it from Tom, but I got it from Tom at the Graven Estate, so I remember talking to Tom about it. So this was a little foamy float plane that we picked up. We got it flying, and Austin's going to set that up. So we'll take two planes to the float flight tomorrow. Uh, I did some work on the Storch to get it back in shape. You know, After I ripped the gear off, I put the new gear on and, and fixed the wing problem I had. So the Storch is ready. I did some work on my rockets. I finished one of my model rockets, and I'm almost done with my Nike X. So uh, Ryan's excited about that because we're going to do, do some more rockets together. And then finally the last thing I'm going to talk about is the Bee Eater, the control line plane. I have uh, finished priming it, so it will get some blue on next week. Oh, nice! All right, cool. And, and this is—is we'll, it is a solid balsa structure? It is a solid balsa oh, structure. Gotcha.
1: Okay. What did so, you use to seal the wood with?
0: Uh, first off, I did several thin coats of epoxy.
1: Ooh.
0: Thinned coats of epoxy, and then I put this a um, lot of sanding sealer, or what do they call it? Sanding primer. Okay. On it, and then I'm going to do you know 800 coats of <laughs> Krylon <laughs> so, blue. That Cessna <laughs> has recalibrated you. <laughs> You're like, no, that's not heavy. Weight, uh, mate. Add some more epoxy. I mean, to me, all up weight means it's a goal I'm trying to get to. <laughs> I'm going for the heaviest. Yeah. So, All right, well, there you go. That was, that's my workbench, and I'm sure they'll, I'll add some more next week, so we'll see what we have in the following podcast. Oh, Any cool. questions about my plethora of workbench models?
1: No questions. Don't you have a, a Catalina model, too?
0: I do. It's right behind me. A boat? I have a PBY Catalina. Oh, oh. oh that's but right. He yeah. should take
1: to the flip fly.
0: No. <laughs> It's you know what it's one of those. I yes, I could put it on water, but I have so much fun skimming it off the grass. You know, I, I just I don't, you
1: have to choose one or the other.
0: Uh, well, I just I don't feel like you know landing that thing, ripping off one of the pontoons, wing dipping over into the water, Planes, you know slipping upside down, and then you know kicking myself. I i I like it as a touch and go grass aircraft.
1: Okay, your airplane, t- your rules. T- exactly.
0: What are you yelling Yeller. Up, Terry. <laughs> yeller. <laughs> now, hey, you know what, though? If I go up into the attic and I dig way in the back, I have a slow stick on floats. So go. I could go dig that sucker out just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> I've turned that sucker over a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> it's seen some water. I just shake it off and, you know, blow it off with the air from the propeller.
1: All right, All right Fitz. Spill your guts. My guts on what? He did on your workbench. I just he did. did. <laughs> you didn't Terry's talk. drinking. Well, I thought you were going to talk about your new toys.
0: What new
2: toys?
1: The stuff you got from the estate.
0: Oh, oh, okay. I can. Are we saving that? Oh,
1: no. Nah.
0: Uh, uh, this is a, a mini workbench, a sub workbench. Sub workbench part two. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Part two. All we're right. back to we're back to Fitz. Part
2: two. Okay, so um, there was a, a fellow RC. Pilot uh, passed away uh, a year or two ago. It's been a little while, and I used to fly with him. Really interesting guy, and not
1: just any fellow pilot. But as you often find in the Houston area, he was a, a big wheel during the Apollo days and during the early shuttle days. Uh, a really interesting
2: guy. Yeah, he was a NASA guy. In fact, I think you know more about his his background than I do, Terry. Um, can you can you give a quick rundown
1: of his background? Um, well, I don't know the the full breakdown, but I believe he was the project manager when they were developing the lunar module, uh, the LEM. Mm. So he was part of that. And he was also part of the original space shuttle design team. So he was part of the crew that came up with the, the piggyback 747 design. Yes. Yes. And I think he had a hand in the booster design and other stuff. So yeah, from an engineering standpoint, he was an interesting guy to talk to. And, very humble, very nice, and um, he was way into RC airplanes too. So. Yeah. He was... he was part of the, the group that we informally called the Old Farts Flying Club.
2: Yes. That would yes. meet
1: at a churchyard once a week. He was there a lot and always had something interesting to, to show.
2: Yeah, he was there quite a bit, and that's where I mainly knew him from. Uh, he had long since retired when I met him, so I didn't know a whole lot about his background, but I knew he was involved. But you're right. He was always a kind of a happy-go-lucky guy. I always enjoyed talking to him. He was an really interesting Um uh, Person to talk to, we had two prosthetic legs that apparently, for a result of it, full scale aircraft crash. I think a very easy or long easy is what I was told. Huh. Um, uh, but that didn't stop him. He was still a pretty, really imposing figure. And uh, he had some really neat planes. He had his one big plane that was. Um, it looked like like an old free flight. They converted to RC, and it had a fake muffler on it. It was electric powered, but it had this big muffler off the side. I always thought that was pretty funny. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, anyways, he had passed away, and um, one of our club president says, "Hey, they're um, they're having a estate sale on all this stuff, and we're gonna uh, us in the club can have an early look at some of his RC modeling stuff uh, if you come by on Tuesday night or something like that." Um, and so I said, oh, okay, I'll see what he has. And Terry reminded me that he was pretty big into '049 scene and that kind of stuff. So it really piqued my interest. So, so we go over there, and um, uh, it's a guy apparently has been around a long time. He's had some really old stuff, some really neat stuff. Too much neat stuff for me to take, but like you know, he had a, a couple of old craft radios, like the little ones, oh, the one yeah. And uh, um, he had uh, lots of various aircraft in various stages of. Assembly, disassembly, some things he had kind of crashed. Um, he, had, he had gotten into the electrics, but his was some of the earlier stuff electric, so I didn't uh, see anything too fancy. Although he had a little GWS, what do you call know, slow stick, whatever. Yeah, don't see too many of those around anymore. uh So yeah, just a kind of a motley crew of stuff, and so I just kind of rummaged around. But I did find a few things I really thought was interesting. I found uh, uh he had a what do you want to call it? A it looked like an Ace Mach Nun. Best I can tell. Um, already built. Looks like it flown a few times. It needs some TLC, but it had an 049 engine in it and a gas tank and stuff. I said, well, maybe I'm going to take this and get it back flying again. It'd be kind of neat to fly one of those around.
1: Does that use the foam wing? Uh,
2: This one has a built-up wing.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. For what I understand, Ace, They also had a GLH-2 kit new in the box, but I, I, I had one of those before. That was a built-up wing, too. Because okay. uh, Ace, they seem to vacillate between built-up and foam. I guess you had option, if I remember correctly uh uh-huh. so they thought it was kind of neat he had a he had a whole bunch of really old engines i don't know a whole lot about old engines but these are like gas ignition engines from like the 40s and 50s or whatever so really a lot of various stuff yeah but rummage around i did find a bunch of uh, 049s that it hit my interest he had a, some tds he had the one i showed you you saw a picture of it it's called a uh space something um oh I just remembered I forgot the name. Um, um oh, what is this? It's really unusual because it's a rear intake Venturi 049. And space bug,
1: maybe? That is interesting. It, it must be difficult to mount and have the clearance for the intake.
2: Yes, uh Space Hopper, that's what it's called. It's called the Space Hopper. I, I don't think I'd ever seen one before. And I said, what the heck is this? So I, I had to take it. And apparently when I looked it up, they were only made for about two or three years back in around 1960. And they're they're in between, I guess, the Baby B and the TD series. This is before they had the TD. So it's a little more powerful than like the Baby B. They're saying it's about the same power as a Black Widow, basically. Uh, but it's got a rail mount. I think it's their first rail mount engine they ever made. Uh, hmm. It's just really unusual looking. And so and it looked like a fairly good shape. So I'm going to see, probably see if I can get it running just out of curiosity. Oh, fun. Um, and it
1: takes a standard Glowhead or glow plug. It looks
2: like the exact same Glowhead, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, we had an 020, another uh, little, I guess, a baby bee 020. So now I have... Oh, man. Those are so like gold, right? Uh, not the O20s. The O10s. Uh, I'm thinking the... The, yeah. 10s. Yeah, the 10s. I did like not gold. find a holy grail. I did not find an O10. Oh, <laughs> looking hard. Him him. He, said, <laughs> you know, O-10. he had an O10 head, for, of all things. One brand new in the package O10 head, so I I took that, but I didn't couldn't find the the actual engine. Oh, there's one somewhere. It's got to be. I, if uh, he had the head, he
1: had the engine. Yeah,
2: I was learning about that, but I, I we looked and looked, and I spent quite a bit of time looking. and I did not see it. I found an 9 TD 9 a Cox that was had a blown out crankshaft or something, so I didn't I wasn't they didn't make it. He um, had something a Fuji O49, I think. I didn't hmm. end up taking it, but I thought it was unusual. Uh, so yeah, he did a lot, apparently did a lot of glow stuff, maybe even raced them back in, way back in the day, and then later in his life he had got into electric. So he had a few electric things. He had an old Astro Flight geared brushless motor, which is, you don't see too many of those around anymore.
1: Oh, have. it have geared I brushless?
2: Have, Yeah, brushless, yeah, but geared. Oh, fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I wanted a glider. You wanted Did it have the integrated speed control?
2: Uh, yeah, Sort of. It was speed control. That was attached. I can't remember if it was integrated. Look, I think it yeah. was. There's no connector on it.
1: Well, that's what I meant yeah. by integrated. Yeah. They they weren't attached to the motor, but they they came as a pair. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um. So yeah, those things probably make a hell of a racket when they run. Why? The gear. The gear was. Oh, the metal, gears? A metal gear. Yeah, metal well. gear. Probably a nice growl. Uh, but he just had some. Just got a lot of old unusual. Oh, he also had the diesel engine. I picked mm. that up. The, the MP Jet 061 diesel. I've always, always, always wanted a diesel engine. And now I finally have one. It looks like it's never been run, um, and I, I looked up, and apparently you can make your own diesel fuel, uh, even though you can't get, pretty much can't get ether anymore. There's other ways of getting ether-like substance to make your own diesel fuel. So that's another thing I really um, look forward to.
1: Bernie told us that those are difficult to get going. So good luck. Yeah.
2: Well, we saw some. Lee and I saw one at the Small Steps last year, and looked like he had no problem getting it running.
1: All right. Cool.
0: Eh.
2: But well, it could be, but hey, that's all a learning experience. Sure. Just what's experience, I guess.
0: <laughs> Maybe the ambient tinge outside has to be 116 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a that's the only reason why it ran. <laughs> you can so you can only fly it hand. six months
1: out of the year.
2: Just by snapping your fingers with the fuel between it, you can get it to ignite. Yeah. Uh, but you, you talked about the shuttle work. He had something in his garage that was absolutely fascinating, and it, it looked like well, not look like it was, one of the early concepts for the shuttle space shuttle boosters. This was uh, obviously a scale version of it, but it was still probably a good five feet long, and it looked like it probably had like a dozen model rocket engines that you could put in the thing and all lighted.
1: Times parts. two. I, I was, was going to say two. times two. <laughs> it was a lot. You saw the picture? <laughs> I a think it was picture? 24.
2: He had yeah. a photo album a little bit of some pictures of him launching it. They actually launched this thing with a model of a space shuttle on it. And you can imagine what this thing must have been in real life. All those engines, first of all, getting them all fire at once was probably just amazing in and itself. Yeah. Uh, but this is, I guess, when the early, if you know your shuttle history, they had all kinds of different concepts for the early boosters. They had boosters that would fly back by themselves. They had modifications of ro- ro- other rockets, all kinds of really goofy stuff before they settled on the... Um, the, the tank that we know now for due to cost and stuff so and so well, we, even that
1: evolved throughout the program
2: yeah it did yeah yeah uh so he had some early version that was sort of a cross between a flyback booster and the regular booster with fins basically looked like a kind of normal ish booster but it had a square rear end and it had little fins on it it was really neat looking and, and this is not something you'd want i mean what am i going to do with it but i told the guy that was running the things that you need to Donate this to the museum, to the uh, Space Center in Houston. Give it right. to them. They would have probably a real interest in that because that's a real piece of, of space history. Absolutely. Uh, and so, yeah, he said, yeah, he was planning on, on doing something like that with it. Uh, or the AMA Museum.
1: I believe the AMA Museum has the 747 shuttle RC combo was uh, a proof of concept.
2: Not anymore, that I don't know if it's here. Oh, really? Yeah, it's here inside the 747 and part of the. Uh,
1: oh i think it's center. on loan right it's oh
2: that may be true i don't know i don't know or, the yeah Good. but
1: I, I think the ama museum had it at one point
2: okay but it's it's here okay. as far as i know because i saw it a few months ago but i don't know inside if it's inside the 747 yeah yeah inside 747. Okay, it's, cool. it's, it's there it's got uh, it's got like it's funny to look at it because it's got like two kmb engines on it right. it's got the shuttle i mean it's 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 definitely old school but it, yeah. it, it suited its purpose uh so it was really interesting. I was trying; they were supposedly going to have some more, another, a full open house this weekend. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make it because I was curious to see what other, you know, space artifacts the guy might have. Um, uh, so, yeah,
1: I hope they set that one aside so somebody doesn't take it home and put it on their mantle.
2: Yeah, that would be a shame. God, I told the guy several times. that take this to the to space center. He used to take this to the museum or whatever, or
1: just, you probably should have bought it just to ensure it's uh, I guess in second hindsight,
2: I should have, well, I, I blew all my money buying everything else. and. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, anyways, so, um, Oh yeah. One last thing, I guess I showed you that I didn't know, but apparently Cox made electric control line planes. Hmm. And so he had one. I said, well, this is just the novelty of it. Um, and when I looked it up, it's a little bear cat with a, like a five forty size motor. The motor seems way oversized for the plane, but that's what's in it. And apparently, the power came through the control lines, and you wore like a battery pack, and a, the handle had a switch on it. Okay. So you can switch it on and off from the handle and fly it around. And, and if it works, it, it sounds like a really good idea. But
1: did it include the flying lines?
2: I did not see them. I didn't. I didn't. Oh. Uh, I didn't notice them. But if they were there, they nope. may have been there, but I, I didn't notice them. But
1: yeah, that'd be interesting. I would assume they have to be insulated somehow. Yeah. Which yeah. Normal flying wires or not.
2: The stuff I saw online, they said, yeah, they're insulated copper wire. So it's, okay. it's something I could make. I'm yeah. not
1: really. It's okay it. until you do a loop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once. <laughs> well, this handle's getting really hot. <laughs>
0: Melt- Why do these keep crashing? <laughs> you melt the wires completely off. <laughs> R&D went through 100 before this little kid said, wait a minute.
2: <laughs> all right, well, enough of my rambling. Uh, it was really interesting. It's, always, it's It was sad to see him go, uh, you know, circle of life and all, but uh, he did have some really interesting things and I was able to pick up some good stuff and I, I do intend to fly and run the stuff. I'm not, I'm not a... I'm not a collector, so to speak. and I'm not, I didn't buy anything to flip. I just bought it to to enjoy it, get some more, a little more life out of it.
1: Well, good. I'm happy to see Owen's stuff go to a good home.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look forward to getting that little plane get running again. That's going to be neat.
1: Yeah. Hey, and speaking
0: of stuff going to a good home,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I think this segue might work.
1: <laughs> Force it.
0: <laughs> we have a we have a contest going on right now. With Balsa USA. Yes, we do. And our and in our last podcast we announced that we were offering up a coupon code. It's still valid, guys, for several days. I mean, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Two weeks. (laughs) Till the end of the month, right? For for the month of May in 2019, we have a coupon code with Balsa USA where you can get ten percent off your order. And that that applies to anybody who's listening. However, on our last on our previous podcast, we announced that if uh if one listener, <laughs> if they listen to the whole thing, uh, would email us and get on a list, we'd announce a winner for a $25 gift certificate mm-hmm. for their purchase. So are you going to announce the winner? <clears throat> I'm going to announce the winner who, going back to the segue, gets to bring some stuff home. <laughs> <All right. laughs> a, do, a little bit more, a little bit more $25 bit home. All right. So uh, going we, through our oh sorry,
2: do we need a drum roll?
0: I'm sure you'll add one, yes. Um, So, those who send in an email to us for the $25 gift certificate, the winner is Bernard Adderley.
1: Yay! Bernard! So,
0: so we will reach out to you via email, Bernard, and give you information on how to retrieve your $25 gift certificate. Congratulations, Bernard. And hopefully, apply that with a 10% discount code now and get yourself something, something. (laughs) Treat yourself nice.
2: (laughs) Well, congratulations, Bernard. Uh, Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, We hope uh, hope you enjoy that uh, gift gift certificate or gift card. And uh, I guess um, we'll reach out to you, get your address, send it out to you. We'll uh, end the show at this point, and we'll see everybody later. Any last words? No, have fun, go fly. We will go. Pumpernickel. Pumpernickel. (laughs) (laughs) Yukon All right, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.